great, uh, but here we are. Late is fine. We're in good shape. Uh, okay, I don't think there's any any uh, information I have to pass on to you. Uh, I think we're in good shape. Today is uh, June 9th, and we are praying today for School Kill Church of the Brethren. Is that right? School Kill? School Kill, yeah, yeah. Way, way up at the headwaters of the School Kill River. In Pine Grove? Is I, am I saying that right? Is anybody else? Am I saying that right? Pine Grove is their address. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It doesn't look like School Kill. I, school kill to me would be spelled S C H O O L K I L L. School kill. Now, now some of the early, early colonials spell it that way. Uh huh. I guess I'm that old. No, they were. Uh, they got voted down by the Dutch. Yeah. River. 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 Okay, I didn't know that. That's good. That's good. Because it's a river. Okay, now that's. Now you're right. <laughs> but anyhow, that's who we're praying for today, Pine in Pine Grove, and uh, Lebanon Church of the Brethren is praying for us. So uh, close by is uh, Ron still at yes. Lebanon? Okay. Oh, really? Way smaller. Well, I know... They're way, they're way smaller than when I first showed up here. Wow. Well, Ron used to be at Hanoverdale. Yeah, yeah. And I know Ron because he sings in a group. I don't know if... Uh, he still, still sings? sings. Yeah. Great singing voice. Oh, my gosh. He can he can really sing. I When we went to... Uh, Disaster relief auction with the choir. Do you remember that, Elaine? Uh, I sat next to Ron, and oh my gosh, I might as well not have sung because he just he just belted it out. He, he's really a good singer. Yeah. What the heck's his last name, Ron? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, Ron Ludwig. Yes. Is he remarried now? His wife passed away a couple of years ago. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, she had cancer. And a long fight with that. Well, okay. Enough on nostalgia. We have we do have an opening hymn to sing, ladies and gentlemen. It's number one seventy five. Hallelujah, what a savior. What here's a uh, something for a sort of a challenge. Walter and I were just talking here. He said in 11 years and 11 months, he'll be 100 years old. And he said, somebody said to him that he'll be playing the organ until he's 100. And I said, yeah, I believe that. And he said, no, I don't think I'll be doing that. And I said, oh, yeah, hell yeah. So, you know, stick around for another almost 12 years, and we'll, we'll sing happy birthday to him as he plays for his 100th birthday. So he, he was just telling me that Peter uh, just had a birthday Tuesday? Yesterday. Friday. Friday. So uh, Peter had his birthday. He's 28. 87. He's 87. I'm sorry, the I, yeah, there you go, yeah, I guess she figured now's a good time to get out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, 
Well, okay, folks, let's turn our attention to our prayer ministry guide. Christine, do you have any updates that we need to hear about? Okay, let me get over there. That's fine. A prayer request uh, for Paul Lawyer, who is, uh, his wife is Donna. She is Jeanette Kreider's daughter. So this would be Jeanette Kreider's son-in-law, Paul Lawyer. He had a slight stroke and uh, also serious heart blockage, and I had put him on the prayer chain. He's not on the prayer guide yet because we didn't get that here, get it in time. And when I did call Sue, she was on vacation that day, and the next day I was away, so I didn't get it on the prayer guide. But, uh, yeah, and I haven't heard any th details about that as of now. And uh, yesterday we had a great blessing, uh, celebrated our 60th wedding anniversary, and uh, it was wonderful. We were just with all our family, our own immediate family, which is a bunch of us. <laughs> I think there were about, there were three missing, but that was okay. And I had the really big shock when I turned around and went to hug this girl, and it was Claire who's from California. Wow. She came home from California just to be there for our anniversary celebration, which was, I was so shocked. I, I had the biggest slump in my throat and the tears came down. I just, I, I was really, really shocked and so happy. I said, I'm not crying. I, I said, I'm crying because I'm so happy. I can't believe you're here. I kept looking at her, I went, Claire. <laughs> But it was just great, and we just had a great time. We have been so blessed, Paul and I, with our family, and, and God has blessed us with healthy family, and, and we're getting all these great grandbabies. Oh, and they're growing. They're all getting chubby and <laughs> and chubby cheeks. I, oh, I, I was kissing and hugging these babies. Oh, we love it. We just had a great time. We just sat in our chairs hugging the babies. chubby babies. Anyhow. Who else has something to share? Tina. I really wanted to stay home today and wait till next Sunday. This will be gone. But um, Thursday after work, I ran to Giant and I guess I was absent-minded, whatever, tripped over the curb and down I went, um, hurt my left leg and fractured my right elbow. So the doctor, the urgent care said 10 days in this sling and I should be healed. And I can tell each day it's a little better. I can bend it. I can move my fingers. I just don't have that uh, rotating motion yeah. because yeah, what that's what your elbow does. Yeah. So nothing, thank goodness, nothing um, real serious, just... And days of inconvenience. Yeah. And Doug cutting my chicken. <laughs> I broke my elbow one time. I fell on the ice and broke that point on my elbow. And, and it didn't really bother me that much. But I could not button my shirt. Do you remember that? I couldn't button my shirt. It was, it, yeah, I guess it was my right elbow. It, and the, the doctor said, well, we can't do anything. That will just dissolve. And it did. I guess. But it's amazing how God makes our bodies and how intricate they are. And we abuse them. Uh, for about a year now, I've been praying to the Lord to guide me or guide someone to help me with a prayer shawl ministry to, to make them. And uh, I'm the only one making the crocheted. And Betsy Swisher helps me make ones with material. And... Uh, I was talking to Elaine Gill this past week, and she wants to help me. Oh, yeah, she has some made. She's coming out today to bring me some today. Because um, I kept saying, God, if you want me to keep doing this, I need help. So he's answered my prayer. Absolutely. And my sister, Linda Brinzer, she's my youngest sister. We put her in the Masonics yesterday. She has uh, Alzheimer's. And she can, we have to go in every day, someone, and take her to eat because she can't find her way to the cafeteria or the cafe. And she's not eligible for the Alzheimer's unit yet. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's actually there, but we 
had trouble getting her in or she would have been in the Alzheimer's unit sooner. But we, we did get her in and we're cleaning out her house now and uh, she needs prayers. So it's Linda Brinzer. Okay, thank you. really tough yeah who else anybody else like to share oh Davey you were telling me this morning you're going to have some surgery at the end of this month yep uh, are you available doc I'll hold you can cut okay oh Dave come on now Dave's going to have surgery for his uh, his kidney stones uh, they're not passing, so uh, he's going to have some surgery at the end of the month. So we should keep him in our prayers, too. So, anyone else? Nothing update on you? Okay. All right. Well, all right. Let's come before the Lord with our prayers and our our concerns. Heavenly Father, thank you for this ability to come to you and talk to you. Only through the grace of your love and the sacrifice of your son do we have this privilege that we can come. Thank you, Lord. And you are the wonderful God, the one that takes care of us. And we ask your blessing on those that have been mentioned today. What a wonderful thing it is, Lord, to have grandchildren and grandbabies and anniversaries and weddings and all sorts of family things that we can celebrate. But then, of course, we have individuals who need further help as they get age and diseases creep in. We ask for a blessing on Linda as she goes into uh, care with Alzheimer's. A terrible disease, Lord. The one that I think I fear the most because of the disabilities and the problems that it causes, not only for the person, but for the loved ones. So, Lord, touch everyone, not just those that are afflicted, but also their family members. And we have joys, Lord. We have joys that our prayer ministry is, is going to continue to go, that we have individuals that were interested in helping Joyce, so thank you for that. But, of course, Joyce would immediately say that she could easily use more. So, Lord, touch other individuals to help her. Such a wonderful ministry, Lord. Touches so many people. And it's wonderful to have that among us. Lord, we pray today for School Kill Church of the Brethren. Bless that congregation. They have plans to serve you, Lord. We know without even asking that we, we just ask that you will guide them, give them strength, and reinforce their leaders, reinforce their pastor, give them the strength that only you can do. Help them to touch their community members, people that don't know you. Bring them to school kill. Let them touch them. Thank you, Lord, for their ministry. Thank you for our ability to reach out to them through prayer. Thank you, Lord. We have anniversaries and, and, and birthdays, Lord. Bless those individuals. Help them to enjoy a full life, a life filled with you. Thank you, Lord. And now, Lord, stay with us today guide us, give us your peace, give us your love, as you always do. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name, our Savior, our wonderful, wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And I did mention we have birthdays, and here I am. Over the years, brethren have emphasized the Holy Spirit uh, a lot less than a lot of other uh, groups and denominations and so forth. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, I think it was very much a 
traditional mind that by the time you get to the uh, Civil War era, where uh, and then shortly after that, all breaks loose and the brethren split in three different branches of brethren. And um, I think that all of that splitting was really over the whole issue of whether or not we're going to say the Holy Spirit is right here with us or, yeah, well, the Holy Spirit works, but we can't tell. The song we just sung is a prayer believing that we can know that the Holy Spirit falls afresh on us. And I hope, when you sing that song, I hope it's not just mouthing the words. I hope there's an openness of your heart. And, you know, it's sort of like being a funnel. Oh, God, yeah, I need your, your Holy Spirit. And uh, I believe that's a healthy spiritual mind to have, is that the Holy Spirit enables me. If I do anything right, it's the Holy Spirit helping me. Holy Spirit inspiring. It, is, it may be the Holy Spirit even doing it through me in ways that I don't, I don't realize, but believing in the Holy Spirit. And so I, I have been a voice in the Church of the Brethren emphasizing the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Well, let me say something about having a bunch of girls. Mike, you brought up the subject. So, so here I am. Here I am. I have three daughters. And I know about uh, a fellow by the name of... Uh, Baker, this, I don't know, they probably shirt tail relations of you. They're about, they're about the same level of intelligence. Uh, De- Dennis was, Dennis Baker, he was uh, head of the uh, uh, Agricultural Extension Service in Dark County, Ohio. Anyway, he has three daughters. And then there's good old Ed Roth out there on the farm. And he's got three daughters. And, you know, and so I'm talking to my wife about this, and she says, well, you know, you always are praying. She, she's, I really need her around because, you know, on some things she's way smarter than I am. Really true. She says, well, you know, you wait till I'm expecting, and then you pray for a son. Now, just think about that. It would take a complete miracle to change that baby by that stage. And I go, oh. And so I, what did I do? I commenced to pray before any indicators at all. I prayed, Lord, give me a son. Guess what? We got it. I told Dennis Baker, he, 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 he quit after three. He just gave up. And Ed Broth, he, he, he just gave up. Well, that's right. He, that's right. He, once in a while, he, he would say something to me about that. Hey, you know, because I told him what I discovered. And so we, we got two, two sons, and Ed Broth, he got one son. Uh, but, you know, you sort of got to think this through sometimes. And, of course, so you know what our oldest son's name is. Samuel, the L at the end is the Lord. Samuel is to request of the Lord. And it is, he, Samuel is who his name says he is. He is requested of the Lord. Uh, Anyway, uh, I learn a lot of things the hard way. <laughs> I hope you realize that. I hope you realize that if anything comes out of my life <laughs> that is right and good before the Lord, that God is working, and some of this can be way, way smarter than I am. And, uh, and I believe that, you know. God can do things in us and through us beyond our capacity.
And we don't know. Uh, we put limits on God. We make God to be smaller than he is. Always be trading your God in for a bigger God because he's bigger. <laughs> he really is. All right. Well, let's, um, let's start today in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is a passage. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't have this marked in the bulletin. Uh, but we will be going to, to uh, Peter, Second Peter. Uh, but we, uh, we, we want to look at this a little bit. And just, I just want to, by way of uh, reminding you, it's here. This is the love chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it talks about, uh, verse 8 talks about how love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they shall cease. Whether there is knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now here's the part I want you to see. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. For we know in part. So if you sort of are a know-it-all, no, not really. I know in part. We know in part and we prophesy in part. Now, there's two dimensions of that. There is the dimension of the, the prophecy that comes forth directly from the scriptures and then there is a prophecy whereby God in the current day puts his word in a person to speak that word uh, forth and that is prophesying. Uh, that's happened a few times in my life um, and some people would say that that's what happens in a good sermon is that the Holy Spirit is prophesying in that ser sermon, the word of God is coming forth, all right? Um, but when that which is perfect, uh, that is mature, complete, to the absolute fulfillment, all right, that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part, what's in part? What we know is in part, what we prophesy is in part. That which is in part will be done away. So why would, why would prophecy be done away? Someday, all prophecy will be history. <laughs> Hallelujah. It will be. Everything from the Bible that has been prophesied by servants of God over the centuries and written down, all of it will be fulfilled. All of it will be fulfilled and all of it will be history. And so you won't have this part thing. The point that you need to hear this morning is when we talk about prophecy, what prophecy normally is talking about today and, and what follows today. What's going to happen, all right? Well, so someday, yeah, no, that won't be, be the case anymore. When you're in heaven, you're not going to need prophecy anymore. You're going to be there, all right? Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And all the, we may think that they are so mature, the things that we do in life, the customs, the habits, you know, getting married and, you know, having a career and all that, you know, well, compared to heaven, no, that's just childish stuff. And we'll give that all up when we go to heaven. You know, you're not going to have a career as a blacksmith. You're not going to have a career as a seamstress. You're not going to have a career as a, as a factory manager or a store clerk. No, you're not going to have anything like that. You will serve the Lord directly forever if you're in heaven. And you're not just going to sit around strumming on some harp. You're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll have plenty of time to praise him. All right? So that the things of this life right now, they're childish things that we put away. Verse 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly. Now, the old-fashioned the old mirrors, they would silver the uh, piece of... Yeah, well, they didn't have a good way of making glass either back in Bible times. You take glass, 
put a silver coating on the one side and the, the mirror was sort of, <laughs> you looked in and go, well, is that me? <laughs> you know, well, now we see in a mirror dimly. It's not really a good image. But then, face to face. Who are, who are we going to see face to face? Yeah, that's Lord Jesus Christ. The one that died, that lived for us, that died for us, that rose again for us. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. God knows me perfectly. Well, someday, in eternity, yeah, I'm going to know perfectly. Hallelujah. And so, uh, so we're in this life, and we, we got the partial part in this life. And you know, you know, you don't know everything about prophecy. And guess what? I don't care who the pastor is. I don't care what stripe he is. I don't care which denomination or what he does theologically. Nah, he just knows in part. And I just know up here, up here, I just know in part. You see it? I'll know. Now I know in part. Then I shall know just as a, so someday it'll be all perfect. And uh, I'll know when to quit my sermons someday. Uh, I, I'm still figuring that out. Now abides faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. That's agape love. That's a love of the cross. Uh, let's turn back there to Second Peter. That's back there to uh, Revelation, and then you back up a little bit. All right, just a few pages, a bunch of epistles. Epistle, Jude. You go back past Jude, back past First, uh, Second, Third John to Second Peter, and we're looking at uh, third chapter, last chapter of Second Peter, and uh, we're talking about how the Lord is not slack. The Lord is not slow. He's not negligent. He's not just being a bum. The Lord, the Lord is diligent, and the Lord is faithful. That's what he is. And he is not slack concerning the promise of his coming. And so we return to a theme that I struck last time uh, two weeks ago regarding how this same Jesus, the way he went into heaven is the way he's going to return. And the, 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 each word of that is a beautiful treasure to our hearts. The Lord Jesus, the same Lord Jesus that walked this earth, that died on that cross, and that God the Father raised from the dead. Death could not hold him. This same Jesus is coming back. And uh, yes, he does come when we ask him into our heart. He does come to our heart. But he was bodily lifted up from the earth and a cloud received him. And bodily, he's gonna, a cloud is going to produce him and he's going to come back. To the, that's going to happen. And my heart said, oh, Lord, when? Will I, will I know it? Will I see it? Will it be in my lifetime? Hmm. By the way, that needs to be a part of our Christian life. Don't live your Christian life without an anticipation and expectation of the Lord coming back for you. Now, it may happen. In, uh, in just the fact that your physical body quits, you know, <laughs> and, the, doc and the, the doctor signs off, yeah, he died from, and they had got to fill in something, you know. Never mind, he just, he just checked out and went to be with the Lord. That, that may be the, how you first see Jesus, but there is an event coming, and we declare it to you again this morning how the Lord is going to return for his people. 
Well, let's read from in this chapter and we remember, okay, whatever we see here, this is just part of the picture. And what I urge people to do, and I didn't do this from the beginning of my ministry back in 1975. Um, my tendency back in 1975 was, yeah, get everything the Bible says and then fill in the blanks however you want to fill them in. <laughs> you know, you got this part, you got that part, well, just fill this in, you know. Uh, let me say it clearly. The dispensational thing may be the way God does it. And here's the dispensational thing. The dispensational thing is, yeah, we're living right now. Then a rapture of believers happens. And then you got seven years of tribulation. The last three and a half years is the worst part of the tribulation. Then the Lord, he, he comes back. And then there's a period of time and the devil is thrown in the pit and you got a thousand years peace and then you got the battle of Gog and Magog and that's just the way it's going to be. But, you know, to string things together exactly that way, do you think that God could fulfill prophecy without doing it that way? And I go, ooh. Because there was a bunch of them back in Jesus' day that said, oh, it's got to be a certain way. It's got to be a certain thing. And they missed his coming because, why? Because they were looking for something different. Now, the trademark of the God that I know is that he does things in ways that nobody has even thought of. Do you have a God that does that? God doing things in a way you never thought of. So this man comes to my house and he says, uh, well, my wife left me. Why did she leave me? Why did she leave you? And he goes on for a half hour explaining why his wife left. I go, well, you know, if I was your wife, I might have left you too, you know. He was bad, drug abuse, whatever else, all right. Long list of obvious, you know, there's hidden sins and then there's obvious sins. This guy was into really obvious sins, all right. And he was, and he was to his credit, he was very, very repentant. And he said, can the Lord restore my wife to me and I go I, I just I, his name was Paul too Paul <laughs> do you, how big is your God is your God big enough to restore your marriage he said well it doesn't feel like God's that big I go I'm not asking you what you feel like don't go by your feelings. Your feelings can be really wrong. Did you know that? Your feelings can be really wrong. Oh, I just feel this or I just feel that. No, no. You acknowledge the truth of your feelings but say, oh, you know, God is way bigger than my feelings. You, that's very important, especially when it comes to the Lord and especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it's way beyond what you feel. And I said to Paul, Paul, to the extent that you believe that God will restore your marriage and to the extent that, uh, you know, you keep yourself on the right path, God will do it in a way, and I said this. Now, this, is a, this was a prophetic word. God gave it to me to give to Paul. I said, Paul, this will happen in a way you never imagined and he just sat there and looked at me and he go I said God is God God can do it the way he wants to <laughs> I'm laughing because I know what happened so in a day and a half it was it was not even two days Paul was back in my living room this was in Ohio he was back in my living room he says you were right and I go, boy, that was quick. 
He says it's way quicker than you thought. I go, what do you mean way quicker? He said, my wife come back and said that she, she has just discovered that she's pregnant and she's carrying our child and she doesn't want this child to be born without a father. I go, you never thought of that? <laughs> I, I never thought of that. He says, yeah, and he, I never thought of that. And he says, I know God did this. He says, I don't know how. I go, that's a trademark, God. You don't know how God did it. <laughs> yeah, that's God. God can do things we do not understand. And in this life, we could not, with his little brain, could never put it all together. Ecclesiastes says that and some other things say that. All right. So there is a part of this that I caution you, oh, well, that's before the tribulation or that's after the tribulation and the rapture is here. And No, I'll tell you what, all the pieces, you got pieces of the puzzle? That's the Bible. And you got this prophecy, you got that prophecy. I'll tell you what, every single prophecy, in, including this passage today, Take it and treasure it in your heart and just start looking around saying, I wonder how God's going to do this. Anna and Simeon, two nobodies in the temple when Jesus was born, they could see it because why? They were, you, you got to know they were watching for it. And here he comes, and both of them. Both of them, uh, before the Lord, uh, rejoiced in the coming of Jesus the first time. Let me tell you, this is, this is for, oh, I don't know how to say it. Okay. The people that don't have an ongoing daily personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will never... Get it together right. It's the ones who say, Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Day by day. And making your heart tender and sensitive before the Lord. That he will show you things. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And you, and you pick up the newspaper and you read something. You go, oh, yeah, I remember the Bible saying something about this. And it's that sensitivity from a heart that says, you know, I don't know everything, but, you know, the Lord can teach me and I can, I can learn more than what I know now. And so you sit down with the scripture and you let the scripture transform your view of what's going on, and you say, yeah, we're closer. Let me tell you, we're closer than ever before. And it, you know, the dispensational church that says, you know, this happens, your rapture happens, and, you know, tribulate. It may happen exactly that way, but I would even venture to say, even if it does happen that way, it's going to happen in a way that surprises everybody because God is God. And he will show himself to be God both now and forever. And it's not so we don't get to heaven and say, okay, there's God, okay. No, we will be amazed with our God forever. And ever. So I prepare you. If you go to heaven, you're ready to go to heaven. How ready are you to go to heaven? Go into heaven, prepare your heart to be amazed by this God. Well, now, now it's time for the sermon. All right. That was not the sermon, that was just a few uh, preparatory remarks. Second Peter chapter 3, let's read the passage. Let this, uh, let this sink into you. May the seed sown find fertile ground in your heart. 
and may it bring forth something good. This passage, reading from the top of Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by the way of reminder. All right, so you've heard it from Jesus. You heard it from the other apostles. You've heard it from me, and I'm stirring up the memory of it. Your pure minds, okay, that's a regenerated mind, a mind that had been transformed by the Holy Spirit. All right. Verse 2, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And he's specifically alluding to uh, what is this, the prophets that are in scripture. Okay. And of the co commandment of us. So if you know that what Jesus did, he wants us to do. And what we are doing is following Jesus' life, that it's going to produce a certain kind of future. Hmm? If you live righteous, it will produce a future that's way better than you think. <laughs> it says, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, okay, top of the list, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walk a, walking according to their own lust. Okay, now let's, let's ponder a little bit on that word lust. Does it include sexually immoral lust? Yeah, it includes that, but it's a gazillion more than just that. This is a passionate desire for all the things that displease God. Anything that displeases God and you have a passionate, yeah, that's lust. Oh, I just want to be the richest man in the universe and I'm going to spend it all on myself. Well, that's despicable before God. And a lot of other things, all right? You just fill in the blank. That there are scoffers in the last day. You, have you noticed any scoffers? I've noticed some scoffers walking according to their own lusts, their own desires, their own passions, all right? And saying, I've heard people pretty much say this, where is the promise of his coming? I thought, you know, why didn't he show up back in, when... Uh, when the Apostle John and the Apostle Peter were, were, you know, sort of older in life, why didn't he show up then? They were expecting him. No, well, it wasn't time yet. It says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Well, they don't even say that because they don't even talk about creation anymore. But it's still implied, it's still, you know, oh, yeah, so you said Jesus is coming, you know, all those crazy people that are expecting Christ to return. Well, just know that people following their own desires and turning their hearts away from God and away from the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ and away for the, from the, the working of the Holy Spirit, they're going most likely to have this attitude. Oh, well, now, where is he? Is the Lord returning? Don't let your heart go here. If your heart is going here, if your heart is drifting that direction, where is the promise of his ring? Lord, I thought you were going to come back. And you tell the Lord, no, no, no. No, you say, Lord, I want you to come back at the very best time. Only you know and I, Lord, I'm, I believe everything this book says. Now, some people say, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. I tell you what, the Bible says it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. 
but I'm going to believe it. <laughs> and where it settles it is here. It settles it in my heart. And I take a view that, all right, could be soon, very soon. Who knows how soon? And here's, here's the thing of people of the world that don't know the Lord Jesus personally yet. For, verse 5 says, For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that was uh, then uh, existed perished being flooded with water. So there was a great judgment. We see Noah's judgment, but it wasn't the only one. Time and again, God would ju bring judgment. The heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition, that means the destruction of ungodly men. Godless, ungodly people that try to, try to not only get God out of their minds, Paul says in Romans chapter 1, they don't want God in anywhere around. God, just get out of here. Let me do, let us do what we want to do. Reserved for fire. But beloved, do not forget do not forget, do not forget, beloved, do not forget this one thing. You only got one thing to remember here, folks. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I got lists that have 14 things on the list. Here he's got one thing. <laughs> beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as, as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. That's what is he talking about here? All right, as a human being, I can look around and in spatial dimensions, I can see over there and I can see over there and I can see over there and I can see over there. I can do it spatially. I cannot do it with time. I, could, I got a little picture of yesterday called my memory. I got, a because of the scripture, I got a little picture of what could be tomorrow. But God has a capacity to see all of the past, all of the present, and all of the future at one point. He can see the whole thing. And don't forget, to him, a thousand years is one day, and one day is like a thousand years. Wow. So God has a capacity. If we ever have that capacity, it'll probably be when we get to heaven. Now, God can work it to show you something. He has showed me things before it happened. Not very many times, but there were, have been times where I just really needed to know ahead of time, and God, God's opened it to me, all right? So he can do that because he's God, and it's what he sees, and he can show that to you. But in the normal course of an everyday, no, not so much, all right? So you, you trust the one that can do that. And don't forget that God can see a thousand years as one day and one day as a thousand years. And verse 9 says, the Lord is not slack. He is not lazy. He is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. There's other translations that use they don't like that word. The new translators don't like the word long-suffering, but it is really talking about God suffering through all kinds of stuff. How does God suffer? Long-suffering? Yeah, every time we sin, God suffers. Did you know that? 
Every time we sin, we wound the heart of God. How much do we wound the heart of God? Look at the cross. That's how much it hurts God when you and I sin. Yeah, and he's had a lot of long-suffering from Calvary till now. Long-suffering. This God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. God's heart is that, yes, there's a hell raging for the devil and his angels. The scripture tells us that. But if we give our heart to the devil's way, that's the destination. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is everybody going to repent? Oh, we wish. And we pursue that. And you've got family members that don't know Christ. Hey, don't quit praying for them now. Keep praying. Pray them through. Because you know what the will of the Father is. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Right there it tells us. Verse 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Just real and unexpected. It's going to happen in a way that's unexpected, unannounced. Kerboom, and it happens. That's the way it's going to be. Will come as a thief in the night in which, look at it, the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements, that's all the physical stuff there is, will melt with fervent heat. Look at, the, look at that. Fervent heat. Intense heat. In, now, is this physical? Is this, what is this? Oh, I think it, it is what it says it is. Fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Will be burned up. Will be burned up. Your house and mine, your car and mine, <laughs> everything we own, yours and mine, it will be burned up. Therefore, here's this is if you want to be a Christian, here's the Christian view. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved.